beautiful souls, and welcome to today's episode of the Plant Lady Podcast. I am so excited to welcome you all back. Happy New Year, happy 2023. This year, I am so looking forward to diving into more in-depth, potent, powerful conversations for all of us to enjoy. But today, I have the honor of welcoming on Briella Lee, who is a divine sister and friend of mine who I actually met over on the West Coast. And today, we're diving into all things sacred sensuality, female liberation, the process of learning to love our multifacetedness as women. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome. I am so excited to be here with Briella today. How are you, sister? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. Briella and I originally connected on the West Coast at one of my little plant lady photo shoots, and I just adored you and your energy, and I really feel like you are a being who really embodies freedom and authenticity. And yeah, I just see it when I look into your eyes. <laughs> Thank you. I was so happy to come to that photo shoot and I'm so thankful for it. I'm actually joining another photo shoot from Michelle, the one that was there too. So you've connected me with so many women in that group as well. So I really appreciate it. Oh, that's so amazing. I'm so happy to hear it. Let's go ahead and start with you introducing yourself, who you are and what you do. And yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my name is Briella. Um, I am 29. I live in Vegas and I'm a mother. Um, I've, I'm a yoga teacher. I've gotten 500 hours certified uh, to teach yoga. So I teach a class a week. Um, but my mission right now is uh, really just trying to live out my most authentic life. Well, this is just like a brand new journey for me with sensuality and coming out and like free expression. Um, So I'm really like really resonating with this topic and just all of this. I've for so long, I've uh, kind of hid behind yoga and handstands and um, kind of made that my niche on social media and my my thing, as well as just being a yoga teacher um, for Ashtanga. And just like literally in the past six months, really around since your photo shoot in July, um, there's just been this really transformational period for me. Um, I'm coming out like even more so dissecting a lot of religious trauma and like shelter, um, sheltering about around my expression and just how I relate and connect to my body and my impulses, like my natural impulses and um, just noticing subtle judgments behind those things. And and so um, that's kind of where I'm being led to right now is just to be, just to share in my fullest expression to help me heal. And then also I want, I would love to invite other women to be on that journey with me. Um, my friend and I hold women's circles every month in Vegas, usually at my house. And it's just so wild how many women are disconnected and weren't made aware of or taught about the most beautiful parts of themselves, which is our sensuality, our sexuality, our feminine power. Um, so that's really what I want to start doing more of is just connecting with women surrounding those topics and doing so by first experiencing that liberation myself so Mm, hopefully helps and I yeah I'd love to share more too (laughs) (laughs) I love that thank you for sharing and I think that I've experienced that as well on my yoga journey it's interesting how some quote-unquote spiritual labels can still carry like so much weight to them and feeling like your ego can slip into the cracks of of those places of course just like anything but I, I feel you and I resonate with a lot of what you shared. Yeah, well, I always tell my daughter now. So I am a mother of a four-year-old that takes up a lot of my time. And um, it's a big part of my life. But also my daughter is a huge part of my journey. Um, and just it, just from being like impregnated, I was single at the time. I, was, I had probably only had sex 10 times um, in my entire life at 24. And I ended up getting pregnant on a one-night stand with my daughter. Um, and so just like experiencing that without ever really having experience around my sexual nature or, um, my sensual nature, and then being called to like birth and carry a baby inside of you. And then, uh, when they're born to be called to love them and you're just like, and so my whole journey really started with Hazel, 
Um, so Hazel is like my angel child. And so she does take, she's a big part of my identity and who I am and just us together. And being a mother has just completely transformed the way I see women and I see the world and I see creation. I mean, for until I was 25, I was under the impression that there was a God and he was a male figure in the sky and he was a fatherly figure. And literally I believe that wholehearted or I conditioned myself to um, like think of the world that way mm -hmm. until I was 25 years old. So 29, it's been four years um, of kind of coming out of that and expanding my circle and just inviting other people in. And because before my circle was completely Christian people as well. So I really didn't know any other perspective. Um, so it's just been like really liberating for me and Hazel has been amazing, but I tell her that whatever we practice becomes who we are, right? Mm -hmm. So my whole life, I practiced shame apart about myself. I practiced judgment. I practiced hiding. I practiced um, not being true to myself. So to, un to unbreak those things, it's, it's like you're destroying what was never yours to begin with, but you've just masked yourself in it for so long, so just now I'm practicing more truth and honesty, especially with myself. Beautiful sister. Yeah. I, I Hazel is the best thing that's ever happened to me in the hardest way possible. Yeah, I'm sure it, she offers such deep reflection and sometimes triggering reflection, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you're forced to as a mom, right? You're like forced to face all of your triggers, especially surrounding like self-judgment because everything you do to your kid now is a projection of that so when I'm like I mean everything like this liberation process and expression process like journey that I've been on has made me so much of a better mom because I am less projecting on the self-judgment I've been carrying and then judging my child as a result right or you know like expressing right, that right. judgment it, it just lives and and for a while I I mean Hazel was with me when I was really in this journey of just like unleashing um so she's been through a lot with me but you could just see how even those that first year of my life with her I had to break patterns in her too that she started to believe just from me going through that journey um when she was so young so it's just wild and I'm excited to be breaking cycles breaking generational cycles healing women in my family and I feel like that's the whole basis for this is just like healing the women the feminine in our world and I know you wanted to talk about that so yeah like absolutely because I think so many people can relate to your story of of hiding of sheltering of protecting our hearts and not never feeling fully safe or having like women as examples in our life that never, yeah. were like centered grounded like open openly fierce women who shared their stories and talked about things. And instead everything was hidden behind closed doors. Therefore we, I feel repeat our mother's wounding, you know, like that's how mm -hmm. the wounding I feel repeats is because it's never talked about. It's never shared like these stories. Yes. I mean, my mom just started sharing her life with me and I'm 29 and, and she just started being feeling comfortable sharing to me as an adult, like of her personal journey. And like, Right. How cool is that? Right. And, and, and that's such a journey because now by me being so open, my mom is feeling like she can start being open and it's just so healing all around. And yeah. And, and just so many things about, um, about that I could spill on for sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, as women, like we do carry stories and trauma in our wombs. This is, Mm -hmm. It can be passed down through womb to womb. So when we have our daughters, it's so important that we do take the time to do the work that you're doing and to share with them. Like that's so beautiful that you can share with her along the way and that she can grow with you and experience those things. And when she does grow up, she's going to have like these core memories of you having your liberation and you going being like naked in the house, you know, like yeah. just being naked and having our natural bodies on display for just it's a normalcy that I was not given and granted as a kid mm -hmm. and even in my young adult life like just being comfortable standing naked in my own house in my own company was mm -hmm. so challenging for me you know and and yes. because without feeling judgment I mean I also struggled with an eating disorder uh, for five years of my life I can share a little bit about that because that was big I was um, I mean from the age of 16 
I struggled with an intense body shame, even though I was the same size I am now, right, at a, as a 16-year-old. And it's just, it just goes to show that it does not have anything to do with your physical appearance. It's all just your mental conditioning and your um, judgment. And I was, um, I struggled with like binging and throwing up for five years. Um, and I mean, just coming out of that journey and not even like really being honest with myself about that journey as I was going through it. Like I never admitted to myself that I was struggling with an eating disorder. I didn't even know, you know, you feel like you're being dramatic or you feel like you're being um, attention seeking or that's how I felt, I guess. (laughs) Um, But not even being safe to share about that until COVID 2020. So I had been recovered from my eating disorder for almost five years by the time I even acknowledged it out loud to myself or anyone. Um, and I, I mean, now as a mother, I'm like, I am going to be open and naked and free around my daughter as much as possible and just never have, um, not never, you can't say never, but try and practice as little shame and judgment towards myself because that's just so carried on and, um, passed on unintentionally a lot of times to the offspring. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's just a huge journey for me is body acceptance. Yeah, because we learn from our mothers and our grandmothers. I mean, for most of us, you know, like we hear them, we watch them get ready and like put on makeup and we hear like the insecurities and we hear the things they say. And like, sometimes we hear the things other people say, and you know, it's like all these things that are now our core memories of what we're believed. And then we grow up with these stories of like, just, I remember like repeating insecurities that I heard my mom say, like, we literally yeah. are just like little parrots at that age, or we just like repeat anything that comes out. Yeah. And, and think, and those thought it's like the thought processes too. And it's like, kids are so being around a, a four-year-old and my daughter is so perceptive and so, um, like she just absorbs so much. And even if you're not speaking about her directly around her, she still is catching on to what you're saying or what energy you're saying. Even with my partner, I've noticed the way I treat him. Um, she picks up so much on that and she'll treat him the same way if I'm, you know, like she picks up on how she treats her, my, her, her dad. Now he wasn't her original dad, but like, so that was a transition too, but I had to be so cautious of like, wow, she's really picking up on that. And then also, you know, kids are just so, I mean, they just are so absorbent. And if that's my goal as a mom, it's just to... (laughs) guide her and being just know that everything she feels is okay everything she looks like is okay everything that goes on in her body or every impulse that she has is not wrong or gross um those were a lot of words and I I hate shaming my mom or or um saying I want to like point out that I am very empathic to my mother's journey and her mama's journey and like everybody's just doing what they can do with what tools they were given and my mom was never given the love and support either and her mom either so it's just trickled down and then it takes a pretty rock bottom like me like I had to endure a lot but in order to kind of be liberated and feel like wow I have control actually like I have a say my body created a child inside of me I have a lot of fucking power in my life like I have power that I have not been tapping into and it's like and and that's just I mean it's just grown so much like I always talk about the subtle and the soft and the unseen and how much expansion happens when you dig deeper and how there's a ceiling when you're going outside right like Christianity there's a ceiling religion there's a ceiling but when you're going within yourself and diving into your thoughts and your desires and your impulses and your nature literally is never ending so this journey is just so great <laughs> yeah and I feel like everyone no- Right. And of course, never any like shame on religions, but in a lot of religions, there is no context of women at the core of it. And so we're given, you know, these, this God to look up to that is a male and we are looking up to the masculine. And so our world is already a masculine dominated place. And then we're also looking up to a huge man in the sky. And like, I feel like all that teaches us is that there's like no place for women. And it's like, feels like we're who like, it's this, like, to me, I've broken up masculine to mean just everything external. So like masculine would mean like jobs, finance, money, right? Like security, like everything 
that the Bible says is will perish in eternal life, right? Like I've, and mm-hmm. I have a, I've been reintroducing myself with religion because I definitely don't think religion is evil at its core. I don't think anything is evil at its core. Um, I just think the translation, like everybody translates something differently and in translate things get lost in translation. I mean, that's just even a saying, right? So this like, but this idea of an external God to me represents this masculine energy of feeling like you have to go outside of yourself to gain enlightenment and I don't think the Bible actually says that, um, but that's how it's been translated. But we come outside of ourselves to look outside. And then when I got pregnant, it was the first time I was like, wait a second, there's something inside actually that I should look at. And that is the feminine and everything internal is the feminine, like the drive and the momentum. We need it. We need the money. We need the support. We need this like security external, Mm -hmm. but we first need it inside. And I feel like it's just been backwards for so long in our world yeah absolutely and I feel like that moment for me and my journey was when I decided that I was gonna you know quit like my my nine to five and this going out and working for someone else and I took the leap of faith without having any foundation whatsoever like with having no financial security at all just taking the leap and doing it and really just surrendering into that feminine flow of I'm going to allow myself to create for creation's sake and just trust where this takes me. And of course, in time did I, I shifted my intentions and found new jobs to support me along the way that did feel more aligned. And I learned and learned and learned and learned until I got to the point where I really could sustain myself in no longer having that. And I feel like that is the feminine is leaning into those edges that encourage you to do something that's out of the box or out of the norm or to look within and be like, wow, I have the power to like make this choice, even if it feels scary. Yes. Because the feminine is like this. So I like to, I've also been thinking about like the feminine as fruit and the masculine as a vegetable. Um, And like the fruit, what's the difference, right? Like the masculine, the vegetables, you need vegetables. They like give you strong bones fruit I like to think of like the seeds inside fruit like every fruit has seeds right and these seeds are this promise that life will continue this like rest and like because I I've noticed like okay so my partner I before getting pregnant I was never in a relationship with a person for longer than a week which is just comical to me um which was another reason for a lot of my depression I was like oh my god I'm a mother but I've never been loved Right. So, um, but being with my partner has just like also been a huge journey. Um, I noticed that he is way more in touch with this feminine than me. And when we first moved in together, I was like so triggered by it. Like, you're resting. It is 1 p.m. Like, why are you laying down right now? Like, why are you resting? There's shit to be done in the house. And he's like, there really isn't. And we would get, I mean, our fights were explosive because I was really like, I've just so many women and you see it, they're just driven. They just don't stop. They can multitask. And we're kind of forced to in a way like we are forced. Well, because I think so much pressure has been put on us over time and the societal flow. I feel like all the women hold most of the masculinity, (laughs) honestly, and men have been granted this like freedom to practice being soft. And it's just like, so women get bitter. And I've, I noticed myself just being so bitter all the time. And I'm like, why? And then one day I'm just like, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, my partner is amazing and super encouraging and super empathic and like helped me a lot. But I'm just like, why am I holding on so much to this drive? Like what is forcing me to hold on? Like not, and so I came up with this thing, like not every thought is from me. Like not every thought that I have, not every feeling I have is from me. It was given to me forcing, forcefully, like, not on my choice, not an option. You're just given it. And then you carry it. And it's like, you're disconnected because you're not living in line with your thoughts. And I was not living in line with my soft flow, even though I taught it in classes in a yoga context, like soften your body, release your glutes, release your jaw. But in the meantime, I'm clenching my jaw every night because I'm like stressed. And I'm like, habitually, my body is just like holding, you know, it's just like holding constantly. Mm -hmm. So how amazing that I got, I mean, how cool is it that a partner got to show me like a male partner, not even, and I'm not differentiating sexes. I think 
different people can hold different energies within them and also relate. Like maybe a female would like to be more masculine, mm-hmm. who, right? But it's it's all about what's being true in line with you. I feel like I am not meant to be this driving force all the time, right? It's like, and so I've, as I've come into the softness and this flow and this like rest in that I'm not afraid that nothing's going to, like if I rest, I'm not living in fear that it's not going to get done. Like I am living in assurance and trust that things will move on and it will be okay mm-hmm. and I will be fine. <laughs> and I just love that description of feminine to me is just like this promise of never ending life. Like life will continue. Even if that fruit dies, the seeds will scatter and there will be, it will continue. I love that. And I think that women are, I know that women are shapeshifters and I feel mm-hmm. in our society for so many years, we've had to play catch up ever since they were burning us at the stake and accusing us of whatever they chose to. And we've been, you know, fighting for this equality. And so I feel the only way that we could infiltrate ourselves is to infiltrate the system, which was masculine energy dominated where it's very, you know, like if we as women opened up our own you know, that's why women owned businesses, you know, like we take menstrual leaves, like we are mainly probably working and producing when we're ovulating, you know, like we can get a lot of stuff done. Yeah. And we can shape shift into our business and into our, whatever we choose to channel our energy into. And so if we choose to channel into in the masculine, yes, we can do that, but we do that until burnout or we do that until, something starts. Well, I love that you brought up the cycles because women are like cycling constantly and women are like, I mean, that is like so empowering because different phases of the month, you can take time for rest and you can take time to be more masculine or, or driven, right. Or, Or you can just channel the different energies. You don't always have to be resting in the same energy, forcing it all the time. When I was doing yoga a lot and handstands, handstands have been a big um, thing for me. I actually am creating a course right now to share online. Um, like it's called an inversion immersion experience, but I'm titling it free to play um, because it's just this thing that handstands have taught me how, like just because, just to experiment every single day with your energy and not give yourself an expectation or a goal of where you need to go. Um, for a while when I would practice yoga, if I felt like my body wasn't capable of strengthening into a handstand upside down or my belly was too bloated to be able to practice a beautiful flow and feel beautiful, I just wouldn't practice at all. I just wouldn't move like my body all day. I would just sit right stagnant, but it doesn't just because you can't strengthen into a handstand, just because you can't do all the shapes that you can do at a certain part of the month, doesn't mean you can't move. So it's like this freedom of allowing what's possible. I have this mantra just to release the unnecessary, to permit the possible, just release what's holding you back and see what happens as you try it out and experimentation. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how it, the masculine can sneak into things like yoga and we get yes. off work and we come to yoga and we do a hot power class and everybody's like trying to outdo everybody else and you feel well, the ego has made it masculine, right? Yeah. Like that's just so our culture to just masculinize, masculinize everything and make it more of a workout. I mean, I started with Bikram yoga when I was in high school and it was never a practice of, of spirituality. It was, it was literally a punishment for myself. Like I would go to Bikram and work out because I was punishing myself. Like I ate a burger today. I'm going to go sweat out at Bikram and like feel like I'm going to throw up for 90 minutes, but I'll feel better after because at least I You know, it's just this, I mean, it's really sick if you think about it, like this act of like self-punishment and just being able to relieve that and just be like, well, there's no, it's not a big deal. (laughs) It will be fine. It will flow. Things will happen. Yeah. It's going to be okay. And I love that tidbit, like self-punishment, because I think that we as women carry a lot of that because Mm -hmm. we have generational stories and traumas that we are still carrying where we were punished for speaking up. We were punished for being too sensual, too loud, too wild. And so we still carry these stories in our subconscious until we, you know, bring awareness to them of Mm, punishing ourselves for being too much. And 
I know that we want to dive into a lot of things today, but one of those things just being sexuality versus Mm -hmm. sensuality and just the difference between these two things and what it really means to us, to you, to really step into your sensual embodiment. So I I actually have a story about this um, from my 300 hour training. Uh, We had the same conversation over, um, I did an online training um, with Johnny Kest and it was amazing because it was online. I was in my own space. I got to really be open and honest over a screen, which is sometimes beneficial um, for healing, I think. but they, this topic got brought up of like, what does sensuality mean to you? And describe your most sensual experience, right? So at this time I was pregnant or I was single. I was, Hazel was not two yet. She was one and a half. I was living with my grandma. I was really unhappy with my living situation and my confidence. And I had never been in a relationship. So when I start talking to all these people about sensuality, I gave an experience of like looking at the sunset or I had gone on a road trip um, around the United States in my van by myself. And so I shared an experience from that. just like looking at the sunset and feeling these senses alive in me. And every other person shared an experience of like a sensual moment with their partner. And it was like really shocking to me. And I didn't expect the emotions to arise that did, but I was like heartbroken. I was just like really upset and really crying. And, and I've reflected on that a lot lately, and I feel like when women aren't given the power to be sensual just because they are sensual women, they're sensual creatures and they're sexual beings, and that is our power, we feel like we can only direct and use that energy towards men or towards somebody else, and we're we're not given the freedom to just express because we want to connect with us. I, in high school, I used, I was very um ninfa like I guess you could say like I didn't have sex but I would make out with everyone right like I was just so open with my sexuality and I got in a lot of trouble from that and while I I did never think I never thought I was doing something wrong because I was like well I have all these impulses and like who cares but I could have been doing that to myself like I could have just been directing all that desire and all that sexuality and all that sensuality to me um and I think the difference between yeah, but that's, I think that's a, um interesting story and like guiding into sensuality and sexuality. But I think sensuality is how we experience um, and how we tap into our senses and just how we allow everything to completely absorb into us. And like, if you think of experience, um, I like to think of experience, what gives an experience? If I'm in this room or on the Zoom call and I'm not in touch and I'm just paying attention to this computer, right? I'm just paying attention to you on the screen and this computer, but I'm, but in the meantime, I'm not in touch with how I feel right now. I'm just focused on this computer. I'm just focused on the external. Then I'm only having a singular, single dimension experience of this moment. But if I expand my awareness, like you said it perfectly, everything begins with awareness and awareness can be played with and alchemized and grown but if I expand that awareness to now also how I feel when I'm talking how I feel when you're sharing letting everything you say absorb into me feeling this light touch my skin as I sit here on the floor then I'm having this like multi-dimensional full body experience of this moment and to me that is what sensuality is of just allowing everything to absorb into you and just be aware of how as much as you can be in that moment I like to think of awareness as flashlight awareness and torch awareness and you could be flashlighting awareness towards one thing at a time right you you need that to grow your awareness you flashlight on my cheek or I flashlight on my jaw I'm aware of one thing at a time but torch-like awareness is just this thing that can be gold grown and cultivated and it could be practiced and just being aware like when I'm in a handstand of my toes of my fingers all at once like every part of me I can be aware of my toes to Mm. my fingertips all at once and to me um, that is sensuality. Oh, I love that so much, sister. Thank you so much for sharing. And I can resonate so much. I feel sensuality is, yeah, truly seeking pleasure in every moment. And pleasure has been associated with sex, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. Like we can rewrite that story and we can redo that conditioning and really seek pleasure in every moment and pleasure doesn't have to be confined to this one moment 
you know, that we define as sex, like pleasure can be scattered throughout all aspects of your life. Pleasure can be your job. Pleasure can be what you do. Pleasure can be watching the sunset, hopping in a van and driving. Pleasure can be resting during the day or having, and it's whatever you decide to intentionally find pleasure in it. Like it's Mm. a decision. I think in my opinion, it's like a decision to start noticing the more subtle, noticing the less obvious and connecting with those things on a more introspective level and a deeper level, which really, then when you do that, it allows the experience to change you. Um, There's like empathic listening. You can talk about, I love the empathic. It can be defined as like allowing whatever experience to change you. So when you're listening on an attentive level, you could be thinking of what else to say, but when you're empathically listening, you're just simply letting it absorb and you're letting whatever you're sharing have the effect that I feel and not being uncomfortable or maybe feeling uncomfortable with what you're sharing, right? Or what experience you're sharing, but that's okay. If I feel uncomfortable, I don't need to jump away and be like, oh, let me change the vibe of this conversation. If the sunset's making you feel a certain way, just allow it to feel whatever. And that's just allowing an experience to change you and absorb into you. And And I feel when you invite that into your life, you invite in so much more room for you to experience being human like when you invite in that space like okay you open that door to give yourself permission to fully open up to what you're feeling then you notice that you know when you feel you need to cry you cry and like this release is sacred like feeling grief feeling sadness feeling happiness feeling tears of joy feeling pleasure are all this is what we came here for this is why we reincarnated (laughs) to be human and I listened to a podcast the other day and I'd have to remember who it was, but she was saying how our soul's true state of being is love and light and oneness. Mm -hmm. That is what our soul knows. We came here on earth as humans to experience weight, to experience trauma, to experience density, to experience emotions that are not love and light. Cause that is what we know while we know exactly. is wholeness and that's what we will return to, but mm-hmm. we have to allow ourselves the space for sacred grief to feel our ancestors, to feel why we were put here. Well, and that's, and that's like the way we do it. Right. So, ten, so yoga came from the tantricas uh, ages ago you, that like, they were the first group that was like, no, let's go within ourselves and feel through everything without pushing it away or resisting it. I also say there's resistance and force and then between there's flow. So like just allowing whatever, I mean, during my 300 hour training, I have journals and journals full of like me questioning my emotions and trying to find meaning. I mean, I think a lot of the human condition is finding meaning, which is a beautiful thing as well, but it also can be incredibly destructive because we are conditioned to just place meaning and have a reason for everything. Um, And that is completely detaching from this feminine flow of just allowing and letting it pass through um, like a somatic release. Like I love somatic, re- like the somatic practice that's been going around now is like so amazingly healing because it's just so beautiful. Like they're linking breath and really all you need is breath and a little bit of really breath, honestly, but just to have this like release and experience and oh, just like not questioning it because our mind is so powerful. It's like um, I saw this thing on Instagram the other day and it said, that an orgasm in French is called like a little death. Like it's translated. The time after an orgasm is called like a little death because women need to surrender so much to experience that blissful state of an an orgasm. And so literally we are just like a little, like we're dying to ourselves when we experience that. We like, we're not in our ego brain. We're not in our conditioned body. We're in just this place have you seen, okay, I, I always bring up this movie and it's so silly. It's that movie, the Pixar movie about that that guy that dies and then he like enters the space called the zone. Um, I don't know, and I don't know what it's called, but maybe your listeners will know what it's called, but it's this Pixar movie and this guy dies um, and then he enters this other this other world, the space in between the world and the other world. And then he oh, goes is it to- Oh, soul? 
Yes. Soul. Yes. I love that I movie. I love that movie because it's so accurate. Like even that like soul mm. that gets put in the world and then she tastes pizza for the first time and sees the trees and she's mm. like that, oh that God. is sensuality. Yes. Yes. That's sensuality. Just like, and the Bible even says, right? Like talk, come back to a childlike view, right? Like it speaks about child children a lot. And it's really that like it doesn't it, they're not saying for you to be children again like go run in the mud I mean you can if you want but like that's not what it's saying it's saying to like come back to this place where everything's new and everything's exciting just because it's there and it's a choice to allow yourself to not notice those things anymore I think it's a conscious choice and so you it's so easy it's so fun and liberating to know that as well I think because it's you can heal yourself so easily right not easily I don't like to word the, use the word easy but it's you just keep changing you just have to be aware of it and then you just redirect like oh I'm going to actually choose to be aware of that leaf right now I'm going to choose to stare at this tree and not and just like stare at the tree be just because I want to be with the leaves like you know it's just a conscious choice and just every day just like consciously I mean I think poetry is so amazing for stepping into your sensuality mm -hmm. um because poetry I spend a lot of time writing not like amazing poetry, just, you know, just poetry for myself. Um, I have like journals and journals full of poetry from my healing journey and my trainings. And I have a lot, all of my poems are just about nature and it just allows. So if you want to get into your sensual body, just start writing about nature in just the way that it is. Like I would go into the desert. I live in Las Vegas. It's from the plane. It looks very dry very not beautiful right you fly over Vegas and you look at dirt you just look at brown <laughs> but when you're here like I could go out to Red Rock in in October like early October and I can from the street right it just looks like a bunch of dirt but when I start going hiking in just a little bit I notice like yellow flowers pink flowers red flowers little tiny flowers and it's just like nobody knows that's not an external view of the desert but when you dive in and go a little deeper and look a little closer and actually connect with your surroundings, you, you notice so much beauty and that's just so much like us, I think. From the exterior, everybody can look dry and deserted and like not beautiful, but the beauty is not found by just looking at the external, it's found by looking deeper because that's where it is. I tell Hazel that all the time. She's really obsessed with being beautiful, right? And I'm like, well, Hazel, where is beauty? And she goes, in my heart. And I'm like, yes. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And that's so important because if we, oh, I can't imagine if that was the way that I was taught, but it's okay because we were meant to, to uh, go through these initiations. So we can be yeah. here to have conversations like this. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, so what I want to dive into our journey with on the topic of sensuality, of freeing our sensuality, of becoming a liberated woman. And that kind of ties into our sunroof space and how we've been diving on there and been enjoying that space and just being free. And it's a woman owned and moderated app that allows our nipples to be free and allows yes. women to be free and allows us to do what we choose and, and doesn't have such harsh censorships and robots regulating our bodies well, um, contributing to that self-doubt and self-judgment subconsciously yeah, absolutely and I want to talk about the side effects that we as women experience from the censorship not only on social media but in our society well um, I think this also goes with sexuality too um, just because sexuality and sensuality right are, are, are the same but different you can experience sensuality in a sexuality uh, state um, but the sunroom space, because sexuality really is just creation, in my opinion. Sexuality is our creative energy. Sexuality is our ability to create and connect. Everybody should embrace and learn to embrace their sexuality. It is not, but what, is, what, our, what our society has done is put sexuality, especially surrounding women, in this box of like, every time you show your boobs, every time you dance like like you know like um swaying and touching yourself then you're you're being sexual and you are I am now attracted and lured into you like people just feel like they can own our sexuality um and that's just not the case like my sexuality is mine it's my creative energy it's like my creation and so what the sunroom space has done for me is just like 
put like, well, why I joined Sunroom is because I feel passionate lately about just taking back the meaning of our sexuality, because I feel like women are oppressed or like given um, a ceiling because, because of that, because women's boobs have been deemed as sexual. Our butts are more sexual than men's. Our whole bodies are more sexual sexualized than men's and it's like when we start taking that back and being like no redefining it for ourselves redefining our expression and redefining our sexuality as a method and a mode for creation and also engaging in our sexuality to cultivate more creation and openness like like society loses all of its power in my opinion like Mm. we take our power back because so much has been squashed, right? This like, I mean, I grew up with every time I would sit with my legs open, my mom would say, you sit like that in front of boys. Like, you can't sit like that in front of boys. Like, and I was wearing clothes. Like, I just had my legs spread open. I was just sitting, you know, like, but it, even just that was sexualized. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as a young kid, that's so confusing for your brain. Like, right. That it's like our fault that we yes. are sexualized that it's automatically yes. deemed on us that goes into the slut shaming and goes into the yes and then we're carrying all this responsibility on ourselves mm-hmm. and it's like this responsibility to not express it because we don't want to uh, make somebody else uncomfortable or make somebody else or we want to protect ourselves right but again i just feel like like as I've been sharing more videos on Instagram connecting to Sunroom, my my mom and like has been reaching has reached out to me and I got to have like the best conversation with her the other day for like two hours on the phone and just really help her understand this journey I'm on and this mode into free expression and it was like so cool. She just completely understood. And it's just it just takes time to just like bring yourself out and I feel like our world needs that. And I'm so thankful for this app of creating a space and I'm not sharing to, I know you didn't start for this reason either. I'm not really necessarily sharing for anyone else to see. It's more mm-hmm. just this, it's really just in the act of doing, of creating, the act of creating the things I want to put on the room is healing in and of itself. And yeah. then the act of filming that and is healing in of itself. And then the act of sharing that onto a platform where you have no control over what other people do with that or how other people perceive that content yeah. is so mm-hmm. healing because- you just don't have any control. Yeah. <laughs> After it's like point. the first time in my life where I've actually been able to be on social media and feel like it's mine. Mm. And that's just yeah. like lovely honesty because all my life I've had to conform to social media standards, to its rules, its regulations. And as I've gotten older, I literally uh, just a few months ago, got my Facebook account deleted that I had so that I started when I was like, I don't even remember, probably like 10. And yeah, really like my childhood Facebook that was connected to like everybody I've ever known, like all my family and everything. And my personal account was connected to my little plant lady account. And I oh honestly God. don't even know. They didn't even tell me what post went against the guidelines I just logged in one day because I'm not like super active on Facebook so I just like randomly logged in one day and my account had been deleted and it was too late for me to retrieve it and so like all my everything that was on there was completely gone and so Instagram is was one of the only social media places that I used but then with the censorships there and all the regulations and then it started turning into in this day and age of you know, OnlyFans being very popular, yeah. I started noticing people coming to my page with like very creepy projections and like ill intentions mm-hmm. and like automatically assuming that because I'm naked, I'm like offering something that I wasn't and like coming in my well that they can life. use for them. Yeah, like automatically, like now my liberation has been twisted and turned into somebody else's like creepy yes. projections and like perverted weird scenarios and then me now feeling unsafe and like me feeling like I wanted Mm -hmm. to like retrieve like there we go again like there we go again hiding and shrinking in and like yeah not feeling because society's warnings have become true now to you and now you're the fool for actually I just feel like that happens sometimes like and I was just asking for it because I put it out yeah exactly I already posted it and I have a public account so like what did I expect you know yes 
yes, it all falls on you and it's like your responsibility and it's really not it. But I think it is our responsibility to take on that for right now because we are strengthening. And I mean, in any revolution, there's a lot of resistance. And so that we will experience a lot of that. And I think a lot of women are going to experience that as we start to move into this more feminine flow of expression, because that is still the norm. Like, even though we want so badly to be out of that, it's just still the norm. And it's that masculine sense where it's like everything people see, they take possession of. I mean, it's even a human condition. Like my daughter couldn't see a flower without trying to grab it. And I had to teach Mm -hmm. her, be like, Hazel, just, I had to teach this myself too. You can still admire something just as much without owning it. Mm -hmm. That thing can still connect to you and you could still have a connection with that thing without owning it. And, and that's with people too. You could still connect without owning you or needing you in my life for the the rest of my life. Right? Like I'm not going to not connect with you because I'm afraid. Well, it's all fear. Honestly, people are just all afraid. It's a lot of fear in our society. But I think a lot of women will have to experience that pushback and that, um, that from like people who still live in that mindset. Right. Right. But yeah, like you said, I think that one thing that's important, of course, I still want to show up in those spaces and I still want to push that edge because I feel like that does have its place. And I love having Mm -hmm. that space where I can go out there and post publicly and be like, yeah, like take that. Like I do like that at that edge, but there's also a part of me that I've really come to the realization once I joined Sunroom and a few months into it, into sharing the space and really leaning into my why of like, it feels so good to share my personal life and not Mm -hmm. feel like it has any like weight, like not feel like I'm putting myself on blast. Like I can literally share anything and it kind of feels like like a Finsta, like, I don't know, when I was in high school, like we had this thing, Finstas, where we could, would create like fake Instagrams and only let like our close friends follow us and just post like it whatever is. It's like a Finsta. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a little fit space that is for my close friends. And it feels like, yeah, if I want to share, you know, a photo shoot where I feel so liberated and I am naked, I can do that without feeling like I'm going to, you know, get unwanted attention but that censorship I'm noticing as I'm unwinding the layers in sunroom how deeply just social media censorship has actually carried into like my physical life Mm. censorship like when I am like nude in nature like my first instinct of like when like I hear something is to cover my boobs literally first instinct like literally even if I take off my shirt like I'll, I'll just catch myself like instinct hands over boobs like it is so deeply conditioned in me and I think Sunroom has really challenged me in those ways where I'm seeing other women like step onto that space and be so fucking empowered and I feel so inspired and wow just like I I feel like I've shared my boobs on um on Sunroom and like I don't know I don't feel weird about it at all like it's not like, but I know what you mean, that censorship, like if I, I've been starting to get naked in nature more, like just like by myself, just get naked at least once every time I go out into nature, even if I'm not that far into nature, I just like try and get naked because, and that's what I mean, that conditioning, it follows you into your private space. Yeah. And it's like, why Whoa, am I yeah. censoring myself from me? <laughs> yeah. Right. Why? Right. What am I afraid of seeing? What am I afraid of feeling what am I afraid of connecting and that's why I point out fear just because I feel like fear and um has like literally monopolized our whole society of just fear of what could happen fear of what Mm -hmm. people will think fear of judgment fear of being uh taken advantage of fear of everything and it's just so restricting and suffocating to live in that and I just am so thankful for sunroom for creating a bridge for that gap to kind of come into that place of just full authenticity and and maybe one day right like the world will be a place where nothing's censored because nothing's deemed sexualized or for my personal gain it's just there to be appreciated for what it is yeah absolutely and I have a story that comes to my heart that I want to share and I was sharing it with a few friends um the other day because getting nude in nature is something that has been like on my journey and on my partner's 
partner and I's journey. It's something that we've tried to incorporate, like when we travel and like we feel it feels right and like doing that thing. And when we really, like you said, when you ask yourself those why, like, what am I afraid of? Like, is someone going to see? And like, when you really get down to it, you're just like, oh, wait, like, okay. Yeah. What if someone does see? That would be yeah. kind of funny, actually. I'm sure they just giggle and keep on walking, you know, like maybe they'd be weird, but. I mean, the reality is that they're probably just going to see two naked people and just keep on going and just yeah. give us our privacy, you know, but it is funny how like that conditioning comes in and then you kind of ask yourself like what, but the sh- story I wanted to share was, um, yeah, just having a male partner and kind of doing this journey where I'm coming back home to myself and, mm-hmm. um, allowing him to not allowing him, but us being in a space and spaces where other women are nude and where other women are liberated Mm -hmm. and my journey of the first time that something like that happened where you know still deeply conditioned and around other liberated women that had their shirts off and me just not feeling confident and secure Mm -hmm. and like who I was at the time and feeling like just waves of emotions and then you know jealousy like watching his eyes feeling like I was just like watching every movement and like not feeling comfortable or safe in my body at all whatsoever and so over this time of like us going to hostels or like us going places where this nudity is normalized where we are around not only women being nude but men feeling safe to be nude as well mm-hmm. I realized how beautiful it was to actually continue doing that even though it made me uncomfortable and after like the third or fourth time like it didn't make me uncomfortable because I fully trusted him and there was never a time mm-hmm. that he made me not trust him and it wasn't even about that it was just us both doing the can the rewinding of the stories we've been told and really questioning our conditioning and now getting to the point where like where we can go out and and be naked in nature and we can go and do like clothing optional hot springs and it doesn't feel as like weird and uncomfortable to be around other people who are nude and so I feel like with spaces like sunroom Um, the more that we can normalize nudity, the more that we can normalize just being fucking human beings and being silly and having places where we can be liberated and be free and share like more personal sides to our life. I feel like it begins to normalize it and it begins to give other women a permission slip to free themselves in those ways. And yeah, other relationships, all other, hopefully lots of other human beings to do that. (laughs) I love that you brought that up actually, because that's been a thing um, with me and my partner recently as well. Um, As I've started to share, like I had a conversation with him before I shared my first promiscuous video on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like kind of branching out of just my normal sharing of um, like handstands and, you know, so I did like my first promiscuous video and I asked him about it. I was like, hey, do you care? what I share on social media. And then lately over the past couple of weeks, like um, as I start to dive into following or connecting with more people um, who dive into that free expression, I notice him like following them on social media. And I had to like question myself and be like, okay, do, does this make me upset that he's following another woman who's like practicing self-expression and free expression? Um, but or do I trust him that he's not sexualizing her and just appreciating Mm. her art because I think that's like we also as much as we want to start expressing I think we also have the ability to start controlling how other people um, connect with that as well especially like the male species as this is like Mm -hmm. really a feminine journey of like women in their bodies but like it also takes the males of our world or the, the men to recondition themselves and stop sexualizing everything they see yeah and And so I'm like well I have to allow that yeah yeah to happen and I and that's my own journey of trust and confidence Mm -hmm. it's not it's not you know like I have no control over how he's perceiving anything and in the world of sexual of, of Instagram and I mean even just living in regular life like I have no control over who he sees or who he connects with but I can trust that he is not sexualizing them and taking them for his benefit, but he's just appreciating 
who they are. Even me, like even not sexualizing me when he sees me on Instagram, right? Like right. just allowing me to be who I am without being like, oh, she looks so sexy, right? She's like, wow, what a beautiful expression of right. creation. Right. And leaving them that space to rise up, I think is yes. so, so powerful. Like just leaving that space open, even though it can be uncomfortable and it can yes. feel challenging. But when you make it past and you make it past that level of growth, you realize, holy shit, that made us so powerful and so strong because now, fuck yeah, I love that you can see another woman fully liberated in her power and be like I am that is awesome like go yes, you like, like connect I in like that. a non-sexualized way he could still connect with them you know what I mean yeah. like and then and it's just this how great it grows our confidence so much that we are just unwavered mm-hmm. by anything like we've and and I wanted to point out you you continue I like the word uncomfortable and I like that you're using it because it's like uncomfortability so many people don't grow because they're afraid of what's uncomfortable and they have society has also conditioned us to believe that what's uncomfortable isn't right for us. Um, I believe that when you're approaching the uncomfortable, that's actually it just because it's new doesn't mean it's bad. Everything new is going to be uncomfortable. A new pair of shoes is uncomfortable A new, you know, everything new is uncomfortable. That doesn't mean it's not a journey that we're meant to go on. And just like having awareness of how we're feeling and letting everything flow through us. I mean, it's so cool how all of this is just so connected and it's also, it can just be broken down to be so simple, you know, like it's just Mm -hmm. so simplistic, like just connection with ourselves. It seems so simple. It's very complex, but it just all can be connected and interwoven to be the same journey. And so many women can be experiencing the same journey in different ways too. And I think that's so crazy and so beautiful and cool. Yeah, it really is. And something that you said that I experienced on my journey as well, when I joined Sunroom is going to my partner and feeling like I needed to ask permission. And that Mm. was something that I actually journaled about. And me too. Whoa, like, whoa, that's interesting. Like, I need to kind of like, like, look at this. And of course, we are in a partnership where you know, 50, 50, where we're putting in this work with someone else. And so I do 100%, like my partner sees my sunroom whenever he wants, you know, like I'll show him sometimes like what I'm sharing or, or whatever. Um, not that he care, you know, he's very loving, very supportive of like everything that I put out there and my journey with it and everything. But I just noticed within myself, like, Whoa, like that was interesting feeling like I really did internally. Like I didn't feel like I asked him because I wanted to hear like what he had to say. Like I just wanted the external validation circling back to the beginning of this episode. I literally just wanted that masculine external validation that like what I was doing, like was okay. Yeah. Was okay. And like, wasn't going to be too much and wasn't going to be seen as porn and wasn't going to be like, well, and also that's all a a projection of your judgment. Like you feel like you're going to be judged by him because you are judging yourself. Like it's all comes back to you. And, and, and I, I had the same journey with Craig. That's so funny. Like just asking and being like, why am I asking? But then it did make me, but also acknowledging that after I asked, it did make me feel better to ask. And then I got to Mm -hmm. unpack that. Like, why is that? And it's because it's okay to need to rely on people for support in your journey and like ask for external validation. We have, we live in a world where you need those two opposite forces. You need the external and you need the internal, like one cannot exist without the other or they, or our world will be imbalanced. So it's okay to rely on the external validation every once in a while, if you feel like it will help intentionally heal your internal self, you know what I mean? And I think that's why I mean, that's why we were created to have connection and be in partnerships. And I think being in a conscious partnership has been, has made me feel more connected to other people, even just non-sexually platonic relationships and just like bridging the gap of connection. And like, I can just spread this out and spread out this love and commit and connection. But our partners are like almost... It, depending on how close you are, our partners have a different space in our hearts. So they're almost like an extension of how we see ourselves. And, and I, and like sharing to your partner, your sunroom, it's funny that you brought that up because he did, he was like, well, can I see your videos or I have to pay to see your videos? And I'm like, no, I'll show you. But then, but then I'm like, God, do I want to sit here and like watch them with him? Like, that's so <laughs> like embarrassing. No, when you know I first I mean? joined, I'm like, babe, are you going to subscribe? He's like, no, I'm not subscribing. I'm like, come on, be my first subscriber. 
but then it's like you're like embarrassed to show because you want to see yeah. him like on there you you would almost rather have him watch him by himself yeah but, like, right, it's, right. Like, it's a whole nother journey to like show them with you there because you're like standing firm in your expression and like I am not ashamed of this and I'm not ashamed to show up somebody in real life because mm-hmm. also with social media and I think all these platforms they're amazing but I think also by themselves they're they can be um crippling as well because that also just gives you one container of space to share openly because you're hidden behind a screen and it's when you bridge that gap to like actual authentic in-person connection too that it really embodies you and that's another form of external and internal right like social media is almost like a more external way to express ourselves and then but if we use it like this like you connecting women to actually join together too, right? Like Mm -hmm. you hold beautiful circles and like allowed me to connect and like a huge part of my journey of expression. Like how cool is that, that your journey can influence mine. And then now I can take that and influence mine. It's almost like we're all living in another little MLM, multi-level marketing of, of of embodiment and just like taking people on and just like sharing and having a team and having a support system of, of just rising up into this, beautiful space of no shame. Yeah. Cause I think when we feel deeply rooted, unconditional support from another mm-hmm. woman, it fucking changes everything. And I everything. remember the way that it felt when I felt that for the very first time in my life. And it was like a high that I have to, had to continue to chase. And it well, you were saying in the beginning, how we've never had that growing up, like our right. generation, I don't think a lot of women that we looked up to were empowered like that. And so how healing is it for, for us too, that people who sought out, like I know for myself, I was actively trying to seek out somebody who could be a role model. And I just never found anyone because I was in the church and I just, I think something in me knew that I was, I could go deeper than, than what they were offering me. And so I never invested time in anybody older than me. And I think that also gave me a lot of uh, negative criticism by my mom and my grandma because that's a lot like people older than you are wiser right L- rely on your elders but I never connected and now how healing is that that we even if some people aren't younger like I'm older than you and you influenced me and you were that woman like you were one of the women is mm-hmm. that helped empower me right and like there's no age variance and there's no like scale and level and it's just whoever is in your circle that's an opportunity for connection and I think that's what's so amazing about social media as well like I I think we needed social media for this revolution to happen in the world too Ooh, I love that that is so potent because yeah of course it's a double-edged sword but I always say like when I need space from it I take space and that's exactly I, I love sunroom because I can get out my urge to like post and share and be seen and like here I am like like me you know like here like see me but it's just this urge to create and put things out I think it's just a feminine urge it's such a feminine thing like to just feel like you want to create things and I have so much of that and then that's a whole nother thing of shame like getting anxiety over the things I want to create and it's like well I'm not really a dancer I can't be creating a dance Mm -hmm. like really you could do whatever you want because you are, you know, like you can create whatever you want. I'm not a model. I can't go model at a photo shoot. You can do whatever you want. Yes, you can. We are multifaceted beings. And (laughs) that is literally, yeah, that's like the summary of this whole episode. I know it is. And that's what I mean. It can all connect and just be so like held in, held in the palm of your hand, like just expression (laughs) without shame. Yeah, shake the shame and just be who you are. I am so freaking grateful to have shared this conversation today with you, sister. Thank you so much for taking the time, for being here, sharing your heart, sharing your stories. I really, really enjoyed it. And I know that our listeners will too. I'm really excited. And thank you for being an outlet of so many firsts for me. So I really appreciate Mm. it. I'm going to cry because I'm like, oh, Oh, I love (laughs) that. Thank you. And I just, I'm, I'm honored for the way that we connected. I'm honored to, yeah, just have such a deep connection with you and continue this journey of interweaving our liberations and empowerment and our triggers and everything in between. And it's really is beautiful. I feel like that's why I started this podcast was to be able to, I just love hearing people's perspectives and I love hearing everybody's journeys. And like you said, like, 
age is so just a number. And I love hearing how everybody, everything truly happens right as it's meant to for us to be right at the point that we're at sitting here right now speaking. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's so beautiful to hear the moments that it took for you to come to this point that you are at now to come here and share your liberation. Yeah, I'm for so other thankful women. that you held the space and I really just appreciate you. So and thank you. <laughs> I love you. Well, I will put the links to both Briella and I's sunroom in the description below. It is, but I think both of ours are $10 a month to subscribe. And yeah. if you go on the web, it is actually like 30% cheaper than on the Apple store. So I will put those in the description below. If you're feeling like you want to vibe out sunroom, whether you're male or female or whatever you want to do. You want to come and scope it out, feel the vibe, do some yoga, see how we're playing over there. (laughs) Form connections, all of it. So many good things. That's where we'll be. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you soon. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Plant Lady Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As I mentioned in this episode, you can head to the description part of this podcast to check out the links to Briella's offerings, including the link to both of our sunroom pages where we are wildly and freely expressing our wild woman nature. And as always, feel free to leave us a review if you enjoy this podcast. It really helps spread the word of the messages that we're sharing here to more like-minded souls who may enjoy. But I love you. Thank you. And I will see you on the next episode.